Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Hold Up, Let Me Explain. I'm your host, Nicole. And on today's episode, I wanted to talk about my diagnosis. Now, I have like three, (laughs) honestly. Um, But back in 2020, I was diagnosed with severe depression and anxiety. And I wanted to talk about it. Mainly, and this is the thing, I don't want to focus too much on this diagnosis because I do the work to maintain these um, things that I struggle with sometimes. Um, And it's not to have like a pity party. You know, this is just something that was diagnosed to me by a doctor and um, how I chose to deal with it. But the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because I was talking to my sister literally and she was telling me that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I had no idea. So I thought, okay, well, this will be a great topic to bring up and to talk about. Um, But I also don't want to be mistaken for the things that I share for like me complaining or not being grateful because I understand how privileged I am and how blessed I am. Um, You know, maybe my life, depending who you compare it to, may not seem as privileged. Uh, But I understand the kind of privilege I have as far as being healthy, having friends and family, being able to have a podcast to do on my free time, having these creative outlets, having a car, having a job, having a roof over my head. Those are the things that I, you know, consider being privileged. Um, So I never want to be mistaken for the things that I share when it comes to this diagnosis as like me complaining or me not understanding how you know blessed I am this is just something um, that I've struggled with that I just kind of wanted to share with everyone Um, and you know maybe you just want to know what that looks like by comparison I don't know but I hope the exercises I share with you resonate with you and I kind of wanted to just work through um, what depression looked like for me at 18 versus what it looked like for me now as an adult Um, so I'm going to share all of that with you So I came prepared. I made some notes because sometimes I just go on these tangents and I make no sense. So I'm going to try to like, you know, make sense. I got my margarita. Yum. And also I wanted to quickly shout out the fact that I am on YouTube. So for those who are listening in, whether I'm in your car or on your AirPods, hey, babe. Um, But in case you just kind of want to see me talk with my hands, I guess, uh, catch me on YouTube at Nicole Asev is the name of my handle on my YouTube channel. And you'll find all of my podcast episodes there. I have already two posted. This will be my third one. So come check me out. But let's get into the episode. Okay, so back when I was like 19 years old, um, this was around the time I had just got out of high school. I had taken a year off to just save up for a car because I knew I was going to go to my local community college and I needed a car to drive myself around. Um, Florida has the worst public transportation. So after I was kind of like in school, I remember I started dating um, this guy and no shade to him. He was great. We had great moments together. Um, But he was also like very emotionally unstable. He was kind of like the black sheep in his family. And I think he leaned on me emotionally a lot for a lot of the things he struggled with. And I think I brought that up on a previous episode. Um, At the time of us dating, I remember getting on birth control. 
and the kind of birth control I was on was the depo shot, uh, which is a shot you would take every three months. It's a hormone and what it does, it's just a form of birth control. I've never trusted myself to take the pill because I was afraid of missing a day and then coming out pregnant. So I wanted something where I would just take it once, not have to think about it until I needed to take it again. Um, because it's a hormone, it messes with your own hormones, very extreme. Um, but at the, at the time, I didn't make that connection right away. I kind of felt like I could handle it. Um, so, you know, dating my ex at the time, you know, we had, like I said, we had great memories, but again, he was very like emotionally draining and we would, you know, we were long distance. So we would always like fall asleep on the phone together and, you know, he always visited or I would always visit him. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was a fun relationship, but because he leaned on me so much, there wasn't space for me to kind of handle my own emotions. You know, you think you're graduating high school, you're going through all these major transitions. You know, it's a lot. You're trying to find yourself. You know, your identity in high school may not be the same in college. And that's kind of what we were both struggling with. Um, but I remember even while dating him and trying to figure things out for myself, I was feeling very emotionally drained. It was hard for me to want to do anything. Um, a lot of the goals I had seen myself accomplishing, I felt like I wasn't capable of accomplishing them. And I don't know why. I felt like I had this imaginary hold that held me back from wanting to do anything. So I remember even at 19, I wanted to travel. I wanted to have all these big experiences because I was working. I had all this free time. You know, I was living at home, not really paying any bills. So I kind of felt like all this money I was making was to me and I could work doubles and take random days off and drive to the beach. Like I felt like the world was endless and at my fingertips. And it's crazy because in some degree it was, yet I felt like I couldn't do it. Like I wasn't allowed to, I wasn't supposed to. Um, and I think that layering on top of my relationship was off factoring in me feeling depressed. So I remember being in school and like not being able to do any homework i stopped taking care of myself i wasn't eating a lot i was losing a lot of weight pretty quickly and at the time i was always known to being super skinny i wasn't ever like a stick like i had curves um but you know when you're 19 like you're still like a teenager legally you know so i still had like a teenager body so you know i i was still like very much like skin and bones but I but people were noticing that I was like looking a little bit skinnier than normal. So even like friends and family were taking notice of that. And yeah, I just I remember just feeling like I couldn't do any homework. I didn't want to hang out with anybody. I didn't want to work. I remember I would like drive to campus and I would like literally pull into a parking spot and like I would look at the time. It'll be like 1115 and I would have class at 1130. And I would pull into the parking spot in front of the building where my class was, knowing very well I had class in 15 minutes, yet I just couldn't bring myself to get out of the car and walk to class. But instead would just pull out and go right back home and go lay back down. And I struggled with that for a while. And it wasn't until I went to Dominican Republic to visit my dad and I remember just like crying a lot even during that trip and like I would just randomly cry I would cry in the car I would cry in the shower like I was depressed I was depressed and at the time you know mind you this is 10 years ago mental health was discussed but it wasn't discussed like it is now and I I didn't know what I was feeling I really didn't like I knew that I was sad but I didn't know why and, you know, my dad just pretty much gave me advice and was like, you know, you got to look at your life and, 
see what is the cause of your unhappiness and you know you have to just remove those things out of your life if you want to feel better you know you're so young like you shouldn't feel this way like you're too young to be crying for no reason you know and literally like I prayed and I thought to myself and I just remember feeling like I don't want to be with the person I'm with anymore I didn't because if there was one thing I knew for sure was how emotionally draining it was dating the person I was dating, you know? And there were issues within our relationship that I was already aware of. Everything else that I was experiencing as far as like school and not eating and not feeling like I can accomplish anything were my own demons I was fighting. But I knew for certain how I felt about my relationship. And that was kind of like the first thing I thought I needed to do was to just break up with the person. And so I did. And even like that, you know, I dated this person for a year and a half and I felt these feelings for a while. Even during our relationship, I just felt like I was the problem. Like it could have not been him. It was definitely me. And I blamed myself a lot. But then when I finally was just honest about the way I was feeling, I was like, you know what? This isn't for me anymore. I don't want to be in this relationship. And so I broke up with him. And by breaking up with him, I no longer was on the birth control because at the time I was like, well, I'm single. I'm not sexually active. I'm not going to be on this birth control anymore. And little by little, I started to feel like myself again. And, you know, at the time, I was kind of still like dating. I was dipping my toe into like, I guess, situationships and like hooking up. You know, at this point now, I'm I'm turning 20 now, 21. And I was thinking about getting back on birth control. And I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine. And she's like, oh, what are you on? Or like, what do you take? And I said, oh, the depot. And she's like, oh, my God, I hate the depot. I, I, got, I fell into a depression because of that. And I was like, what? And this is the thing. When I was on the depot shot, I had taken it at the health department. Because at the time, I didn't have health insurance. So anytime I would get tested for STDs or um, get birth control or do like an OBGYN checkup, I was always doing it through the health department because that's what I could afford. Um, And so they do tell you like the symptoms you may experience, but I didn't make the connection that it would affect me. You know, they kind of made it seem like they were giving me like a low dosage and that I should be okay, Um, that I might experience some like mood swings or changes, but that was because of the hormones. Not once did they say like, oh, this may cause depression. Like they never said those words to me. So to hear my friend talk about it, I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly what happened to me. So then I got a little con- I, I was a little bit conflicted because I'm like, fuck, like I'm not taking the pill um, there. You know, the um, the stick in the arm birth control, which is the one I have now, which is the next Nexplanon. That wasn't quite available to me because, again, I didn't have health insurance and it's very expensive. Like I would have had to pay out of pocket. So I once again felt like, fuck, my only other option is the depot shot. So I was like, listen, um, I didn't want to bring up the fact that I fell into a depression because if I would have admitted that, they would have not given it to me. So I was like, oh, can I do it? But just like a very low dosage. And they were like, why? And I'm like, oh, because I heard that it makes you fall into a depression and I'm just a little nervous and I don't I don't want that to happen. You know, so they were just like they agreed. They gave me that. And honestly, I was OK from there. Um, so I felt more like myself. I was OK. Um, But then right around, I want to say 22 years old, I started to feel it again. I started to feel like depressed. I started to feel very like not like myself. And I was doing it again where I would go to school and not want to go to class. I felt like I couldn't accomplish anything. 
And instead of now like blaming it on the birth control, I then kind of started to come to terms with, okay, is this, oh God, it's like windy. So it's affecting my mic. Maybe I need to move it. Let's do it like this. Okay. Sorry. Um, so yeah, so I started to look more inward, like, okay, what is causing me to feel this way? Cause I, I don't want to keep blaming it on the birth control. Like these feelings I'm feeling are coming back again, definitely for a reason. So this time I decided to go to therapy. And at the time I was going to Valencia college and in the back of our student IDs was a number from Baycare, which I think is a nonprofit. And what they do is they offer free counseling for students who might need like someone to talk to. So I made an appointment, got matched with a counselor. And when I told them that my mom worked for Disney, they were like, oh, well, that's great because Disney employees can offer their um, sessions off to friends and family. And we accept those um, like we accept those benefits in our office. So between the free sessions I was given by being a Valencia student and also being the daughter to a cast member employee, I was able to have a few sessions covered. And I think I might have had like 10 in total that were covered through their office. So for a while, I was able to see a counselor. That's kind of how I got back into going to therapy. And so I remember like going to these sessions and kind of like explaining what I was feeling, like the stresses that I was going through in my current relationship, the different things I was struggling with, feeling like I wasn't, like I couldn't accomplish anything, feeling very confused and lost, not knowing what I wanted to do with my life, having an idea, but feeling like I might make a mistake and it may not, you know, work out for myself. So that's when the therapist I had told me, okay, well, it sounds like you have anxiety. And again, like, I didn't know what that meant. Like, even when I would talk to my friends about the things I struggled with, a lot of their response would be like, oh, you're tripping, you're too stressed out, you overthink too much, you need to relax, you need to smoke a blunt. Like, that's what they would tell me. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, I don't smoke. I don't like to smoke. No, like, I'm, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm against it. But it's just, it's not, for me, it's like, I understand that that helps people with their anxiety. And listen, whatever works for you works for you I applaud it but I don't operate that way like I don't mind feeling my feelings and I feel like I just want to get to the root of it I just want to understand why I feel this way so that I can fix it because the faster I can fix it then I don't have to repress it you know so when I went to therapy they gave me these exercises because you see the counselors they were just counselors they were someone to talk to they weren't psychiatrists so they technically couldn't like prescribe me anything I wasn't asking um but those were my outlets to kind of handle my anxiety so after that I started to like normalize the trait and I just learned to not blame because the thing is the moment I learned that I had anxiety I didn't use it as an excuse. Um, I didn't want to because I didn't want to blame something. So like if I was stressed out about something or like, for example, let's say I was texting a guy that I liked and he wasn't responding to me and that would make me feel like anxious. I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, my anxiety. I need like, no, I wanted to understand. Okay, why do I feel I feel this way because I like this person And this person's not responding to me. Therefore, it's making me feel insecure and it's making me feel these emotions. I don't know how to handle. 
And that's why I feel this way. So I wasn't using my anxiety as an excuse for my feelings, but I wanted to understand like where, like what it was rooting from. And that was part of my exercises. Um, and like, that's how I was able to like handle it. So yeah, so like during some time I started to normalize it. Like I knew that I had anxiety, but I had my exercises. I, I knew how to control it in other words. So after that, right around the age of like 24, 25, I went through like this phase at my old job where I was like the most hated person at my job. A lot of it was because of the relationship I was in and the way that I handled things. I wasn't the best person. I made some really fucked up choices. And I remember that fucked me up big time. And a lot of it is my fault. Like I I take total accountability for it. I know I'm leaving a big hole as to not going into depth what the storyline is. Um, But long story short, um, I dated a guy who literally left the person he was with to be with me. And even though him and the other person were not exclusive, the fact that she cared for him a lot made me look like the villain. So people blamed me for her heartbreak because I guess they figured that I stole him from her. But he always wanted to be with me. And at the time, I didn't care because... I found someone who wanted to be with me and wanted to have these experiences with me. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Like, I like you, you like me, like you and her are not exclusive. So let's be together. Like, you know, and by doing that, obviously a lot of people at my job didn't like me for it. They thought I was a bitch. They thought I was the villain. You know, the other girl was like extremely heartbroken by that and was very vocal about her feelings and how she felt. And I understand, Um, but that gave me a very bad reputation. And, you know, we can analyze it all that we want. There's two sides to every story. I can sit here and make this episode about that, but I'm not. But, you know, that fucking skyrocketed my anxiety, but I didn't dare to victimize myself based on that because I knew that the choices I made had consequences. So I just had to, like, accept that. But it doesn't change the fact that I still cried a lot and that I had panic attacks and that I felt very insecure and that I lost a lot of weight and I lost a lot of friends and I felt very lonely and isolated. And even in the end, I still got played. So it's not like I really won anything. And it was very like low key traumatizing for me. Um, But even around that time, like it was bad. And you know, I still like pushed through it. And even though I was going through those emotions, I knew that my emotions as extreme as I was feeling them, I knew was circumstantial, circumstantial. I didn't blame my anxiety or my depression or the feelings I was feeling on like a chemical imbalance in my brain. You know, I wasn't like, oh my God, my anxiety is getting the best of me. Oh my God, my depression is back. Like, no, bitch, you have anxiety because of the mess you made. You have depression because of the mess you made. These are the reasons why you feel the way the things that you feel. And because I knew there were circumstantial, I needed to change my environment in order to get better. And that's exactly what I did. I quit the job. I got a new job. Me and that person ended up breaking up. And, you know, 
that was the end of it. So I had like these moments where I would go through like these phases where like anxiety and depression would take place, but I would always try to find like these solutions to fix those issues. Now, in 2020, we all know what happened in 2020 pandemic, (laughs) in case you forgot. Um, And I remember at the time, it was like so many things were happening in the world. You know, George Floyd's death, the pandemic, people losing their jobs, the presidential election, like things were chaotic. Like I, at one point it was like, I was afraid to go on Facebook. I was afraid to go on Instagram. I was afraid to turn on the TV because it was like everywhere you turn, something bad was happening on the news. And I was still going through my own struggles because, you know, I'm looking around and I'm seeing like my friends who went to went to college and finish, <coughs> excuse me, go from working in an office to just working at home. So they weren't really like financially affected. But for me, because I work in a restaurant and I work based on tips, restaurants are closed. Guess what? I have no money. And I really struggled with that, too. And luckily, you know, thankfully, my boyfriend you know, still made money and he was, you know, he held it down for us and I will always be grateful for that. And even though financially we were secure, I still had anxiety over the fact that I looked at my surroundings and I once again felt like I didn't accomplish anything. I had nothing to show for. I'm a loser. I'm on fucking welfare now. Like I just felt so bad about myself. And then eventually we got go back to work. And I was working again and I got my health insurance back because I was obviously able to afford it. And I was still kind of struggling with my stress, but because I've already learned how to connect my feelings to my environment and what was happening around me, I just kind of learned how to handle it, right? So even though I was feeling stressed and sad, you know, I was still waking up getting dressed, going to work. I was still, you know, going out on my days off, trying to travel because that's what brought me joy. Like I still, I still tried to move on with my life in other words, right? So I finally go to my primary doctor to have a checkup because, you know, finally I have insurance again. And this is in 2020, by the way, just in case we forgot. And, or I guess like, I guess now we're like entering 2021. So maybe into the new year because I remember it was like right around the end of the year which is like around November December when they start renewing for health insurances um that's when I got health insurance and then I made my appointment sorry I don't mean to go into the logistics of it I just need to make sure I got my my dates right so I remember I um you know I'm talking to my primary doctor and she was like oh so like how are you doing lately are you okay and I'm like oh yeah you know like I've just been really stressed and she's like oh um do you have trouble sleeping and I was like yeah I do and I remember at the time like I could never sleep through the night like I would go to bed and then like I'll wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I'll stay up till six in the morning and go back to bed and then wake up at 10 o'clock in the morning and that happened consistently for an entire month and I brought that up to her and I guess like that transition to her asking me like a series of questions and she was like hmm do you feel like something bad is gonna happen um often pretty often or all the time and I was like all the time oh do you struggle to get out of bed 
sometimes all the um sometimes no like wait it was like not often sometimes or all the time I was like all the time she was like do you um stress do you have trouble sleeping it was like do you feel like something bad is going to happen? Do you cry? Do you have troubles falling asleep? Do you have trouble staying asleep? Do you um, feel like you can't do anything like like the end is near? And every time she would ask me those questions, I would just answer. Oh, all the time. But out of the four answers, it'll be like not like never, sometimes, all the time. Every question she asked me was all the time. And I was just answering it like. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Like, I was just answering them like normal. And she's like, okay, well, um, I'm diagnosing you with severe depression and anxiety. And it's just crazy because, like, I knew that I had these experiences. Combination from, like, talking with friends, talking with those counselors, talking to my therapist, like... And that was like another thing. She asked me if I was seeing therapy, if I was going to therapy. And I said, yes, I am. Um, and, sh- and she was like, are you on any kind of medication? And I was like, well, you know, like I have arthritis on my neck. Like that was the same appointment where she had to schedule me to see a neurologist because of my brain condition. Like there was a lot of things happening up here, my friends, a whole lot of shit happening. And when she diagnosed me that severe depression and anxiety, I was like, like, I'm fine. But then it's like, no, depression looks different for everyone. And I think that because I was always like, I guess, comparing the depression and what that looked like for me back when I was 19, 20 years old, even from when I was 25, because I had already learned how to how to like understand the root of my issues and how why I was experiencing it this way. And I never taken medication for it. And I guess I learned how to just, I guess, control it or maintain it. Hearing her tell me that it was severe, I was like, no, I know what severe looks like. Severe looked like 10 years ago when I couldn't even feed myself. Like, that's what depression looked like to me. And it's like, no, it looks different for everyone. And everything, like even your symptoms, your headaches, your lack of sleep, your mindset, like, any like there's a lot of people that struggle with depression and still get up do their makeup get dressed and smile in front of a camera like celebrities do it all the time models do it like it's really sad but just because it may not seem severe like it doesn't mean that it is you know or that it isn't so when she gave me that diagnosis she prescribed me some medication um but then like one of the medications she gave like she uh, prescribed me it was like, what was it? I, I forgot the name of it, honestly, because I never took it. I didn't take it. And apparently it's like one of the side effects is like thoughts of suicide. And I'm like, no, ma'am, I'm not taking this medicine. Like if those are the symptoms or the side effects, like I'm not doing that. So after I was prescribed that, I once again had to look at my life in a microscope and think like, okay, what, what is the root? You know, I kind of had to go back into that mode, like, okay, I'm feeling these feelings, like, how do I solve this? And honestly, my friends, like, I just, you may not want to hear this as an answer. And I'm so sorry if this is not a good enough answer for you. But I started to pray. And I started to pray a lot. Because I didn't see myself taking medicine. 
I knew I knew how to control or handle you know those phases where I would have like extreme anxiety or extreme depression but because for so many years I've trained myself to go to therapy practice my exercises and you know had these creative outlets whether it was me writing articles on my website taking pretty pictures for Instagram traveling across the world or you know hanging out with my friends hanging out with my mom or taking trips anywhere I wanted or even just having a glass of wine or doing whatever I needed to do to make me feel better like those were my outlets those were that was my medicine that was the best way I can figure it out because the idea of taking medication or smoking weed or doing anything recreational like that didn't feel much like an option for me no shade to those who do those alternatives again as long as it's safe and it's good for you and it helps you like yo like that's fucking like that's amazing like i'm i'm very glad that you found something because there are people that don't have access to a lot of things and it ends very sadly for them you know they they do all they do these alternatives that end up being like worse um but for me and the way that I operate is very different you know I don't I'm not afraid to feel my feelings but when I heard severe it felt extreme and I'm like okay like I know that I'm not going to take this medicine so what do I need to do so I once again felt like okay it has to be circumstantial what do I need to do to help me get better so I decided to move in with roommates and try to save my money I noticed that like one of the things that brought me the most joy was traveling and wanting to like see my life progress in a different way because I think a lot of the guilt that I have about my age is not having like my own property not having anything to show for because I feel like I always say oh I have nothing to show for but I guess some of it is not true because you know I've I've done so many amazing things I've traveled to so many places and that should be enough to show for but I guess I was thinking more like you know, I don't have a savings account. I don't have property that I own. My credit score is shit. I wasn't in school. Like, again, I was like, no, like I need, I need an outlet. I need more. Like I need to do more. So that's when I decided to go back to school. Again, this is like 2020, 2021. So I decided to go back to school. I moved in with some roommates and you know I'm able to save money faster and I've been able to travel more and been able to save up and have a savings account my credit score is improving so like those little wins for me have helped me tremendously I went from seeing um, a counselor therapist to seeing a psychiatrist so that's helped me a lot and I also believe that you know, you have to be careful with the amount of social media you intake. So there was like a time where like, I had to not be on Instagram. Like I couldn't be on my phone. Like I couldn't be on my phone. I couldn't go on Facebook. I couldn't turn on the news. Like, and I know that might that might say a lot about like, oh, you know, you just don't want to come face to face with the real things that are happening in the world. And oh, that's ignorant to ignore the, you know, the tragedies that are happening. But it gets to the point where you know it is overwhelming and sometimes you just need a break because that's just the way the world works like it depends what you choose to focus on there's a lot of amazing things 
that happen in the world and then there's a lot of things that like a lot of amazing things that happen in the world and a lot of bad things that happen in the world and I guess you just got to choose what you want to focus on obviously both sides exist but it felt like during this time it was more of like the bad and trust me I am very much aware of what's happening but I just needed to choose how much of that I wanted to digest and clearly it was more than what I could handle and it helped a lot not seeing it you know so that's kind of how I was able to handle it how I feel now mentally I still struggle here and there like there are times where I do feel a little insecure um, you know lately I've been coming face to face with some choices I need to make now that I'm about to turn 30 which have been you know stressing me a little bit honestly like wanting you know deciding when I want to have kids um, you know what that's gonna look like when am I gonna buy property you know I'm gonna finish school soon so what am I gonna do when I graduate you know but these are things that although are kind of scary and they do cause a little bit of anxiety I try to take it one step at a time you know I try not to overwhelm myself like like a big thing like a big ginormous like monstrous monstrous like overbearing question mark like bitch make a choice now and I'm like oh my anxiety <laughs> you know I, I try not to like get so overwhelmed I try to just process everything as it comes and just remind myself that no matter what I choose everything will be okay everything would be okay I remind myself that people love me and that I am loved I am healthy I am blessed and I'm not alone and you know I know that I say that I pray a lot I still do I show my gratitude I thank God every day I have crystals in my car in my house in my room I even keep one in my apron when I work you know like I remind myself of that I have a vision board in my room again having the podcast doing YouTube that brings me joy so like all those little things that bring me joy I just I focus on you know and I know that anxiety and depression looks different for everyone I feel like I've definitely gone through phases where I couldn't fucking move but that was when I decided to seek help through therapy and you know do the exercises and if you're wondering what exercises I'm talking about um there's one um there's actually two that I really like live by and it's the list so I, I feel like I brought it up a lot and I've even brought it up to some of my friends that kind of struggle with this it's you write a list of all the things that are stressing you out and it could be literally anything it could be like oh my god my broken nail is stressing me out my pillowcases are not matching or my laundry hasn't been put away and that's stressing me out or it could be something big like I can't afford my mortgage this month or I only have $20 to my name to last me till next Wednesday like all the things that are stressing you out write a list down like on a piece of paper and then on the right of the list, you go one by one and you give yourself a solution. So you take yourself out of the equation. You pretend like you didn't even write that list. You pretend that your best friend or your daughter or your son or your nephew or your niece or somebody like just someone precious to you was asking you for advice or like telling you their problems like, oh, you know, 
um like you like your like your nephew is like oh i just got my nails done and my nail broke like i'm stressed out about that write advice give a solution to every one of those issues that are writing down and it's important to take yourself out of the equation because once you like say read an uh, um like an issue you have it might make you feel like biased to give yourself a solution because you may not feel like there is one so it'll be hard to give yourself one which is why you need to take yourself out of the issue and pretend that someone else is asking you for advice so give yourself the advice or write a solution after every one of the issues you've written down and then just like a to-do list one by one knock out all the things that are stressing you out so if let's say that broken like the hole in the wall down the hallway stresses you out every time you look at it well find a way to cover it put a picture there put a poster or just fix the wall hire someone to fix the wall like just those little solutions and it will help relieve whatever extreme stress you might be feeling that helps me another exercise is the five four three two one which is pretty common it's like whenever you feel like extreme anxiety or like you feel like you cannot function because you're feeling like overstimulated, which is something that I experience a lot, is you go, you say five things you see, four things you hear, three things you smell, two things you feel, or maybe it's three things you feel and two things you smell, and then one thing you're grateful for. And what that's supposed to do is like help center you and like just kind of like be in the moment. So that helps me out a lot. And again, I go to therapy. So just having that outlet to talk to someone who knows you, but that is not like aware, like that cannot give you biased advice. Because sometimes like I can talk to my friend about something about my boyfriend. And of course, you know, she's going to be on my side and I want her to be on my side. Shit, I'm pissed. And the thing is, like me and my friends, we all kind of go through similar things. So it's easy for my friends to be on my side. For certain issues but you know sometimes it's good to just kind of have someone to listen and to help you come to terms with certain things you might not see for yourself um i know that i had spoken to a friend recently that told me they were going to therapy and they were given a lot of worksheets and i know sometimes that could be kind of exhausting but they help and i, I don't want to feel like my you know like i'm given homework but sometimes like that's the hard part of therapy that's why people stop going to therapy because you have to take the gucky stuff out you know you got to clean out those wounds you have to open those cans of worms to clear it out to clean it out you know and that could be very hard and having to relive through trauma and issues is is difficult but you know it's kind of like what they say and forgive me for sounding corny but sometimes you gotta experience the rain and enjoy in order to you know um no you have to go through the rain in order to experience the rainbow or enjoy the rainbow so yeah i just gotta do the work but i I guess that's it my friends i hope this episode helped you or it kind of allowed you to feel closer to me um i think it's important for all of us to talk about it i'm very intrigued um i'm recording this episode outside and i almost regret it because i feel like this mic just picks up every little sound so forgive me if it's distracting Um, But anytime I hear podcast episodes of people kind of like, I want to say exposing, but just like opening up about their diagnosis, whether it's bipolar disorder or borderline personality disorder or depression, anxiety, or, you know, what those things look like. 
um, I, I like to hear it because I'd like to know how they process their emotions and what they do and what helps them. And uh, like I said before, my DMs are always open to have these conversations. Obviously, I don't have like a huge following. So anyone who reaches out to me, I would respond. I do get busy, but I mean, not enough where I wouldn't respond. So just keep that in mind. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you for not judging. Thank you for having open ears. I appreciate you and I love you. New episodes every Mondays. Make sure to stay tuned. I just started vlogging on YouTube, so make sure you check that out. This podcast episode will be available on my YouTube channel. Unfortunately, maybe not the last 15 minutes because my camera actually overheated from being outside. So definitely going to have to factor that in for my next episode. May have to do it indoors. But nonetheless, I love you all. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next time.